Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse the link atop for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same website, there's a tab entitled Lesson Sign Up, where you can subscribe to receive a daily excellent email, including both the text for the day as well as the lesson for the day. My name is Laura Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue reading Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, with Section 6, Finding the Present. We're also mindful of our lesson today, which is Review Lesson 142. And like all the lessons in this review, it is preceded by the thought, my mind holds only what I think with God. We're reviewing today Lesson 123, I thank my Father for his gifts to me. And Lesson 124, let me remember I am one with God. I think there's one unmuted line. And by way of opening this morning, I'd really love to share this little piece of prose from Moji. It goes like this. Don't worry about anything at all. You are not here by accident. This form is just costume for a while, but the one who is behind the costume, this one is eternal. You must know this. If you know this and trust this, you don't have to worry about anything. This world is so full of love, and your heart, your being, is so full of love, so full of peace, you don't have to go to some other place or some other time to find love and peace. They are right where you are. Amen. Love it. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. That says it all, doesn't it? (laughs) Thanks, guys. All right, this morning, here's our reading list. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Donna, Robin Marie, Jessica, and Karen. And that's the sum of us right now. So away we go. In Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, in Section 6, Finding Present. Beginning at Paragraph 45. To perceive truly is to be aware of all reality through the awareness of your own. But for this, no illusions can rise to meet your sight, for all reality leaves no room for any error. This means that you perceive a brother only as you see him now. His past has no reality in the present, and you cannot see it. Your past reactions to him are also not there. And if it is to them that you react now, you see but an image. 
of him which you made and cherish instead of him. In your questioning of illusions, ask yourself if it is really sane to perceive what was now. If you remember the past as you look upon your brother, you will be unable to perceive the reality that is now. Uh, Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt. Section 6, Finding the Present. To perceive truly is to be aware of all reality through the awareness of your own. But for this, no illusion can rise to meet your sight, for all reality leaves no room for any error. This means that you perceive a brother only as you see him now. His past has no reality in the present, and you cannot see it. Your past reactions, your past reactions to him are also not there. And if it is to them that you react now, you see but an image of him which you made and cherish instead of him. In your questioning of illusions, ask yourself if it is really sane to perceive what was now. If you remember the past as you look upon your brother, you will be unable to perceive the reality that is now. You consider it, quote-unquote, natural to use your past experience as the reference point from which to judge the present. Yet this is unnatural because it is delusional. When you have learned to look upon everyone with no reference at all to the past, either his or yours as you perceived it, you will be able to learn from what you see now. For the past can cast no shadow to darken the present unless you are afraid of light. And only if you are would you choose to bring this darkness with you and by holding it in your minds, see it as a dark cloud that shrouds your brothers and conceals their reality from your sight. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 46. You consider it, quote, unquote, natural to use your past experience as a reference point from which to judge the present. Yet this is unnatural because it is delusional. When you have learned to look upon everyone with no reference at all to the past, either his or yours as you perceived it, you will be able to learn from what you see now. For the past can cast no, cast no shadow to darken the present unless you are afraid of light. And only if you are would you choose to bring this darkness with you. And by holding it in your mind, see it as a dark cloud that shrouds your brothers and conceals their reality from your sight. 47. This darkness is in you. The Christ revealed to you now has no past for he is changeless, and in his changelessness lies your release. For if he is as he was created, there is no guilt in him. No cloud of guilt has risen to obscure him, 
and he stands revealed in everyone you meet because you see him through himself. To be born again is to let the past go and look without condemnation upon the present. For the cloud which obscures God's Son to you is the past, and if you would have it past and gone, you must not see it now. If you see it now in your delusions, it has not gone from you, although it is not there. Thank you, Fran. And Donna. 47. The darkness is in you. The Christ revealed to you now has no past, for he is changeless, and in his changelessness lies your release. For if he is as he was created, there is no guilt in him. No cloud of guilt has risen to obscure him, and he stands revealed in everyone you meet, because you see through you see him through himself. To be born again is to let the past go and look without condemnation upon the present. For the cloud which obscures God's Son to you is the past. And if you would have it past and gone, you must not see it now. If you see it now in your delusions, it has not gone from you although it is not there. 48. Time can release as well as imprison, depending on whose interpretation of it you use. Past, present, and future are not continuous unless you force continuity on them. You can perceive them as continuous and make them so for you. But do not be deceived and then believe that this is how it is. For to believe that reality is what you would have it be according to your use for it is delusional. You would destroy time's continuity by breaking it into past, present, and future for your own purposes. You would anticipate the future on the basis of your past experience and plan for it accordingly. Yet by doing so, you are aligning past and future and not allowing the miracle, which would intervene between them to free you to be born again. Thank you, Donna and Robin Marie. Time can release as well as imprison, depending on whose interpretation of it you use. Past, present, and future are not continuous unless you force continuity on them. You can perceive them as continuous and make them so for you. But do not be deceived and then believe that this is how it is. For to believe that reality is what you would have it be, 
according to your use for it, is delusional. You would destroy time's continuity by breaking it into past, present, and future for your own purposes. You would anticipate the future on the basis of your past experience and plan for it accordingly. Yet by doing so, you are aligning past and future and not allowing the miracle, which could intervene between them, to free you to be born again. 49. The miracle enables you to see your brother without his past and so perceive him as born again. His errors are all past. And by by perceiving him without them, you are releasing him. And since his past is yours, you share in this release. Let no dark cloud out of your past obscure him from you. For truth lies only in the present, and you will find it if you seek it there. You have looked for it where it is not, and therefore have not found it. Learn then to seek it where it is, and it will dawn on eyes that see. Your past was made in anger, and if you use it to attack the present, you will not see the freedom that the present holds. Judgment and condemnation are behind you, and unless you bring them with you, you will see that you are free. You will see that they are that you are free of them. And unless you bring them with you, you will see that you are free of them. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. Thanks. 49. The miracle enables you to see your brother without his past and to perceive him as born again. His errors are all past. And by perceiving him without them, you are releasing him. And since his past is yours, you share in his release. Let no dark cloud out of your past, out of your past, obscure him from you. For truth lies only in the present, and you will find it if you seek it there. You have looked for it where it is not, and therefore have not found it. Learn then to seek it where it is, and it will dawn on eyes that see. Your past was made in anger, and if you use it to attack the present, you will not see the freedom that the present holds. Judgment and condemnation are behind you, And unless you bring them with you, you will see that you are free of them. Look lovingly upon the present, for it holds the only things that are forever true. All healing lies within it because its continuity is real. It extends to all aspects of consciousness at the same time and thus enables them to reach each other. The present is before time was and will be when time is no more. In it is everything that is eternal, and they are one. Their continuity is timeless, and their communication 
is unbroken, where they are not separated by the past. Only the past can separate, and it is nowhere. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen. Fifty. Look lovingly upon the present, for it holds the only things that are forever true. All healing lies within it because its continuity is real. It extends to all aspects of consciousness at the same time and thus enables them to reach each other. The present is before time was and will be when time is no more. In it is everything that is eternal and they are one. Their continuity is timeless. And their communication is unbroken. Okay, I got to get Their continuity is timeless and their communication is unbroken. For they are not separated by the past. Only the past can separate and it is nowhere. 51. The present offers you your brothers in the light that would unite you with them and free you from the past. Would you then hold the past against them? For if you do, you are choosing to remain in the darkness that is not there and refusing to accept the light which is, that is offered you. For the light of perfect vision is freely given and it is as it is freely received and can be accepted only without limit. In this one still dimension of time, which does not change and where there is no sight of what you were, you look at Christ and call his witnesses to shine on you because you call them forth and they will not deny the truth in you because you looked for it in them and found it there. Thank you, Karen. And do we have a new reader for 51 and 52? This is Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. 51. The present offers your... Excuse me. The present offers you, your brothers, in the light that would unite you with them and free you from the past. When you then hold the past against them, oh, sorry, would you then hold the past against them? Or if you do, you are choosing to remain in darkness that is not there and refusing to accept the light that is offered you. For the light of perfect vision is freely given as it is freely received and can be accepted only without limit. In this one still dimension of time, which does not change and where there is no sight of what you were, you look at Christ and call his witnesses to shine on you because you called them forth 
and they will not they will not deny the truth in you because you looked for it in them and found it there. 52. Now is the time of salvation, for now is the release from time. Reach out to all your brothers and touch them with the touch of Christ. In timeless union with them is your continuity unbroken because it is wholly shared. God's guiltless Son is only light. There is no darkness in him anywhere, for he is whole. Call on your brothers to witness to his wholeness as I am calling you to join with me. Every voice has a part in the song of redemption, the hymn of gladness and thanksgiving for the light to the creator of the light. The holy light that shines from that shines forth from God's Son is the witness that his light is of his Father. Uh, thank you, Sandra. And would there be another new reader for 52 and 53? All right, back to you, Lemoyne. Now is the time of salvation, for now is the release from time. Reach out to all your brothers and touch them with the touch of Christ. In timeless union with them is your continuity, unbroken because it is wholly shared. God's guiltless Son is only light. There is no darkness in him anywhere, for he is whole. Call all your brothers to witness his wholeness, as I am calling you to join with me. Every voice has a part in the song of redemption, the hymn of gladness and thanksgiving for the light to the creator of light. The holy light that shines forth from God's Son is the witness that his light is of his father. <clears throat> Shine on your brothers in remembrance of your creator, for you will remember him as you call forth the witnesses to his creation. Those whom you heal bear witness to your healing, for in their wholeness you will see your own. And as your hymns of praise and gladness rise to your creator, he will return your thanks in his clear answer to your call. For it can never be that his son called upon him and remained unanswered. His call to you is but your call to him. And in him you are answered by his peace. Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. 53. Shine on your brothers in remembrance of your Creator, for you will remember him as you call forth the witnesses to his creation. Those whom you heal bear witness to your healing, for in their wholeness you will see your own. And as your hymns of praise and gladness rise to your Creator, he will return your thanks and his clear answer to your call. 
For it can never be that his son called upon him and remained unanswered. His call to you is but your call to him, and in him you are answered by his peace. 54. Children of light, you know not that the light is in you, yet you will find it through its witnesses. For having given light to them, they will return it. Everyone you see in light brings your light closer to your own awareness. Love always leads to love. The sick who ask for love are grateful for it, and in their joy they shine with holy thanks. And this they offer you, who gave them joy. They are your guides to joy. For having received it of you, they would keep it. You have established them as guides to peace, for you have made it manifest in them, and seeing it, its beauty calls you home. Thank you, Fran. And Donna. Fifty-four. Children of light, you know not that the light is in you, yet you will find it through its witnesses. For having given light to them, they will return it. Everyone you see in light brings your light closer to your own awareness. Love always leads to love. The sick The sick who ask for love are grateful for it, and in their joy they shine with holy thanks. And this they offer you who gave them joy. They are your guides to joy, for having received it of you, they would keep it. You have established them as guides to peace, for you have made it manifest in them. And seeing it, its beauty calls you home. 55. There is a light which this world cannot give, yet you can give it. As it was given you, and as you give it, it shines forth to call you from the world and follow it. For this light will attract you as nothing in this world can do. And you will lay aside the world and find another. This other world is bright with love, which you have given it. And here will everything remind you of the Father and his Holy Son. Light is unlimited and spreads across this world in quiet joy. All those you brought with you will shine on you, and you will shine on them in gratitude because they brought you here. Your light will join with theirs in power so compelling that it will draw the others out of darkness as you look on them. Oh, thank you so much, Donna. And Robin Marie. Fifty-five. 
There is a light which this world cannot give, yet you can give it as it was given you. And as you give it, it shines forth to call you from the world and follow it. For this light will attract you as nothing in this world can do. And you will lay aside the world and find another. This other world is bright with love, which you have given it. And here will everything remind you of your Father and his Holy Son. Light is unlimited and spreads across this world in quiet joy. All those you brought with you will shine on you, and you will shine on them in gratitude because they brought you here. Your light will join with theirs in power so compelling that it will draw the others out of darkness as you look on them. 56. Awakening unto Christ is following the laws of love of your free will and out of quiet recognition of the truth in them. The attraction of light must draw you willingly, and willingness is signified by giving. Those who accept love of you become your willing witnesses to the love you gave them, and it is they who hold it out to you. In sleep you are alone, and your awareness is narrowed to yourself, and that is why the nightmares come. You dream of isolation because your eyes are closed. You do not see your brothers, and in the darkness you cannot look upon the light you gave to them. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Jessica. Thank you. And I'm sorry, Karen, about my interruption. I, my septic tank people showed up while I was reading, and then I had to get away from the window because it was stinky. But it was, it was kind of funny because the reading was talking about getting away from the darkness. <laughs> anyway. 56, awakening unto Christ is following the laws of love of your free will and out of quiet recognition of the truth in them. The attraction of light must draw you willingly, and willingness is signified by giving. Those who accept love of you become your willing witnesses for the love you gave them. And it is they who hold it out to you. In sleep you are alone, and your awareness is narrowed to yourself. And that is why the nightmares come. You dream of isolation because your eyes are closed. You do not see your brother. And in the darkness you cannot look upon the light you gave to them. 57, and yet the laws of love are not suspended because you sleep. And you have followed them through all your nightmares and have been faithful in your giving, for you were not alone. Even in sleep has Christ protected you, ensuring the real world for you when you wake. In your name, he has given 
for you and given you the gifts he gave. God's son is still as loving as his father. Continuous with his father, he has no past apart from him. So he has never ceased to be his father's witness and his own. Although he slept, Christ's vision did not leave him. And so it is that he can call unto himself the witnesses that teach him that he never slept. Thank you, Jessica. I'm Karen. And yet the laws of love are not suspended because you sleep. And you have followed them through all your nightmares and have been faithful in your giving, for you are not alone. Even in sleep has Christ protected you, ensuring the world, the real world for you when you wake. In your name he has given for you and given you the gift he gave. God's son is still as loving as his father. Continuous with his father, he has no past apart from him. So he has never ceased to be his father's witness and his own. Although he slept, Christ's vision did not leave him. And so it is that he can call unto himself the witnesses that teach him that he never slept. Thank you, Karen. And thank you, everyone, who read this beautiful section this morning on Finding the Present. Um, it's uh, such a lovely continuity. I, I don't think I could do it justice in a summary. Um, but like our, like our reading last week, uh, this section is an invitation to experience. And so it would be probably for our discussion most lovely to refer to those paragraphs that may have directed you to experience and share those as we go along in our discussion. And together we'll wind up summarizing Finding the Present. Um, as we describe our miracles. Anyway, I think we're close enough to stop the hour that we can take our five minutes now and um, solidify what we've heard here this morning and read. So Fran, um, with our thanks, will you lead us again, please? Sure. Sure. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are still in the first part of the workbook, and we are on review four. And lesson... Let me go to it. 142. So I shall read some from the introduction and then we will do our five-minute on our five-minute meditation on our lesson. So review four. Now we review again, this time aware we are preparing for the second part of learning how the truth can be applied. Today, we will begin to concentrate on readiness for what will follow next. 
Such is our aim for this review and for the lessons following. There is a central theme that unifies each step in the review we undertake, which can be simply stated in these words. My mind holds only what I think with God. This is a fact and represents the truth of what you are and what your father is. Lack of forgiveness blocks this thought from his awareness, yet it is forever true. Let us begin our preparation with some understanding of the many forms in which the lack of true forgiveness may be carefully concealed. Because they are illusions, they are not perceived to be but what they are. Defenses, which protect your unforgiving thoughts from being seen and recognized. And yet, your mind holds only what you think with God. Begin each day with time devoted to the preparation of your mind to learn what each idea you will review that day and offer you in freedom and in peace. Open your mind and clear it of all thoughts that would deceive and let this thought alone engage it fully and remove the rest. My mind holds only what I think with God. Five minutes with this thought will be enough to set the day along the lines which God's appointed and to place his mind in charge of all the thoughts you will receive that day. After your preparation, merely read each of the two ideas assigned to you to be reviewed that day. Then close your eyes and say them slowly to yourself. Each hour of the day, bring to your mind the thought with which the day began and spend a quiet moment with it. Then repeat the two ideas you practiced for the day unhurriedly with time enough to see the gifts which they contain for you. Each day of practicing, as we review, we close as we begin repeating first the thought that made the day a special time of blessing and of happiness for us. God offers thanks to you who practice thus the keeping of his word. And as you give your mind to the ideas for the day again before you sleep, his gratitude surrounds you in the peace wherein he wills you be forever and are learning now to claim again as your inheritance. And we'll go to the lesson. Lesson 142. My mind holds only what I think with God. I thank my Father for his gifts to me. Let me remember I am one with God. And now we'll do our five-minute meditation.
Lesson 142, my mind holds only what I think with God. I thank my Father for his gifts to me. Let me remember I am one with God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, friend. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Fran. Great job again. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Good morning. It's Karen. I'd love to jump in. Um, my mind holds only what I think with God. Oh, what I think with God represents the truth of what I am. And in that mind that shares all my thoughts with God, um, there can be a lack of forgiveness which blocks my awareness uh, of the truth. Excuse me, let me back up. In the truth of what I am, oh God, okay, never mind. Let me back up. Um, This talks about the defenses 
that the defenses hold what's untrue in place. And it says that for unforgiveness, um, protect, defenses protect your unforgiving thoughts from being seen and recognized. I, I meditated on unforgiving thoughts. And unforgiving thoughts can mean the things I haven't given over to the light. So it's very profound to me because yesterday I was with some people and I was talking. And after I talked, I felt so self-conscious. And I felt so full of fear, like um, I said the wrong thing. I, I said the wrong thing. And in that moment... I checked myself and I said, this feeling of fear, all fear is the ego. So this feeling of fear isn't uh, aligned to the truth of what I am. It isn't a thought I hold in my mind with the thoughts I share with God. This feeling of fear that I did something wrong, that's my ego mind. And my ego mind is blocking my experience of the present the present, which is sharing the Christ with my with the people I was with, instead I was feeling this falsehood, and it was overshadowing the present moment with feelings of self-consciousness. So in that moment, I wasn't really sure, well, you know, am I supposed to forgive something? It means I'm not giving over something of the past, even if it's an emotion. So if I interpret the experience even emotionally, not mentally, as fearful. I'm recalling the past. The past is blocking. Of course, you know, I've had a childhood where I was bullied and abandoned and all this other nonsense. So there's a lot of feelings like I'm not okay and I could say the wrong thing and people will abandon me or I would do the wrong thing and and say the wrong thing and they won't like me or whatever all that stuff is but because of the course i checked myself i said oh this is fear this is a defense against the truth my fear is a defense against the truth because in god and in love there's nothing to be afraid of so then i forgave it which means i gave it to the holy spirit and drop the reality of it. Instead of holding the reality up and saying, oh, no, did I do something wrong? It was like, no, this is a fear sensation that's just coming forth so the light can shine through it so it can release this defense. Um, so just going back to this um, paragraph, 46, you consider it natural to use your past experience as a reference point from which to judge the present. Yet this is unnatural because it is delusional. When you have learned to look upon everyone with no reference point at all to the past, either his or yours, as you perceived it, you will be able to learn from what you see now. The past can cast no shadow, darken the present unless you are afraid of light. And if you would choose to bring this darkness with you, holding it in your mind, you see a dark cloud which shrouds your brothers and conceals their reality from your sight. This darkness is in you and has 
Christ has revealed to you now has no past. Now has no past. So go back to the to the instructions in the review. It says, your lack of true forgiveness may be carefully concealed. And because they are illusions, they are not perceived to be what they are. Defenses that protect your unforgiving thoughts from being seen and recognized. So they're not healed unless we recognize it's not true. So I have to recognize it's not true. Oh, something is coming up and I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm feeling afraid or shamed or um, some egoic emotion. Sometimes it's not a thought. It's an emotion that clouds the present moment. And, and I have a choice in that moment to interpret what's going on through the lens of the past or to say, no, this is fear. This is the ego. The ego is um, reacting to this moment of the truth, the present moment. I have a choice. I can drop this uh, interpretation and say no to it and stand in the light and offer the emotions to just be healed. I hope that made sense. It's very profound to me. I'm complete. <clears throat> oh, that was such a beautiful description of forgiveness and the miracle. Thank you, Karen. And Thank you, beautiful. Karen. Thank you, Karen. I love, the, I love the way you said all this nonsense of the past. It's like makes no sense. Yeah, nonsense. It is. I love that, and I love to share. Um, this is Robin Marie, and I really liked uh, 54, where um, love always leads to love. The sick who ask for love are grateful for it, and in their joy they shine with holy thanks. I had an experience yesterday. I had have a child um, who is in Arizona who is experiencing uh, depression and uh, I was talking to her and she said mom I just can't do it right now she works in a bank she has three kids and a husband and you know she's just overworked really and has no time to herself and I I didn't take it personally. I mean, she was ready to talk to me, and then suddenly she was ready not to talk to me. And it took her just five minutes to realize that she really couldn't talk. And she said that in the bank, sometimes she gets so frustrated, she just feels like jumping out and biting a person person's face off. You know, I mean, she was explaining how her feelings are right now. And after we got off the phone, I was thinking, what can I do to help her? And then I remembered what she said, which was interesting because I, you know, hadn't heard it the first time when she told me like a month ago. I asked her how her children were, and she says, I don't know, Mom. They're teenagers. I don't know. Why don't you ask them yourself? And what she really was doing was asking me to be 
you know, in their lives more. And I realized this morning that's what she needs. She doesn't need a mom to help her by listening because she has too many, too many, too much input, like too much uh, firing in her own brain. But she does need me to be their grandmother, and I am going to try to do that in in a very simple way, either, you know, I don't know. It's been so long since I've actually been with them. And so I need to start slowly and build something up. But I was a relationship up with them. But, of course, I want I want them all healed. And I'm thinking that's what she needs. She has no other family there. That It's a Mormon community, and she's not a Mormon, you know. And she just, I just, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this. The sick who ask for love are grateful for it, and in their joy they shine with holy thanks. And I'm thankful that I got an answer this morning. Thanks for listening. Oh, that was beautiful, Robin Marie. A beautiful experience. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Robin Marie. I, I enjoyed that. Thank, Thank you, Robin, Robin Marie. Marie. That was beautiful. That was really beautiful. Thank you. Robin Marie, I thank you. I love hearing um, from your heart and what's going on with you and uh, just how you apply everything. I love it. Thank you. Thank God you're one. Yes. This is Donna. I would like to. Uh, I would like to let everyone know I had no idea I was going to show up to a holy encounter today, in this reading. It's so amazing. You, I just come and I, you know, let's read the lesson, see what I learned today. But this was a holy encounter. From forty-eight. Donna, can you talk a little for me? I beg your pardon? Can you soften a little for me? You're coming in distorted and I want to hear you. Certainly. Thanks. Paragraph 48, is that okay? Yes, thank you. Great, Donna. The word believe is used twice and it came to me... um, after we finished our reading, I went back to 49 and came upon 48. We can believe what we want, but only truth has beingness. And um, from, from 52, as that was being read, what I was experienced was Beautiful. That's how the word came out. Beautiful, paragraph 52. And uh, for paragraph 53, for it can never be that the son called upon him and remained unanswered. And I went to mass, a five o'clock mass on Saturday and I sit along the wall in some chairs because it's a challenge for me to get get up and down out of the pews. And um, 
I breathed in some air and uh, which I claimed the dust and and I could not get a hold of my coffee and etc. I had to leave, so I went out in the lobby and sat to listen. <clears throat> I know this sounds strange, but and then when the soloist sings out in the lobby, it's deafening. So I understand the loud noise. I had to plug my ears and then come back into the sanctuary. So I just stood for a while up against the wall, and um, and and finally, after a little while, I was able to sit someplace. And as I reflect on this experience now, it was as if I was in a dream, and and uh, King. David talks about uh, this in Psalms. But anyway, so as I look back on this, it's as if I was in a dream. So I sat down, and for a moment, I was very discombobulated. I thought, I'm here at this mask. I want to be a prayerful, holy blessing. I, and I said, I said in myself, what do I do? You know, the mask is about over. And I was still for an instant and deep within me I heard this still small very solid quiet voice say I am with you (laughs) and I thought wow that's Jesus so (laughs) that was that and um and and fifty four and fifty five, my God, my God, I'm living this. Um, I'm living this. Heaven give given light to them, they will return it. Uh, light is unlimited in fifty five. Light is unlimited and spreads across this world in quiet joy. And I'm having these daily experiences of encountering individuals on the road, and I'm kind of led by God where to go and when to go, and when to get out of my car when not to. And I'm having these beautiful events happen to me. And then from 57... Uh, toward the end God's son is still as loving as his father continuous with his father he has no past apart from his father So he has never ceased to be his father's witness and his own. Christ's vision did not leave him. And so it is that he can call upon him the witnesses that teach him that he never slept. And then I was reminded in paragraph 41, this 57 has just given us God's way 
in writing that can show us in paragraph 59, the miracle enables you to see your brother without his past and so perceive him as born again. God's son still as loving as his father, continuous with his father, has no past apart from, in my quotes, his father. So he has never ceased to be his father's witness and his own. And then, lo and behold, when I thought I could find nothing else, I went over uh, to our lesson today and got this. I thank my father for his gifts to me that I am who I am. Let me remember I am one with God and so is everyone. I am so grateful. Amen. Oh, that was so beautiful, Donna. Just marvelous share. Thank you. Yes, that was beautiful, Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, Donna. I love that you're having holy encounters. That's so exciting. <sighs> Seems like wave upon wave. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Robin Marie. This is Jessica. And I just have to comment on paragraph 55. Again, I feel like the whole course is, is presented in this one paragraph. Um, you know, it's like you could open this book anywhere and, and get the whole thing, it seems like sometimes. Um, there's a light which, there is a light which this world cannot give, yet you can give it as it was given you. Um, and it goes on, you know, just about shining the light. And, and the, the light will attract you as nothing in the world can do. And it goes on describing what this other world is. And how, how all those you brought with you will shine on you. So all of my brothers and sisters, everyone, will shine on me. And I will shine on them in gratitude because they brought me here. My light will join with theirs in power so compelling that it will draw the others out of darkness as I look on them. Wow. I mean, there are so many lessons that come to mind as I read each of these sentences. And I'm not very good at, like, pulling them out of my head that easily, but but they're in there and they're coming up for me. And, you know, drawing the others out of darkness as I look upon them, you know, we just had, when I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. So that's in there. But there's so many in there. I think they're all in there. I love this paragraph, just like I love everyone. <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you, Jessica. Beautiful, just beautiful. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. So good to hear your share. Yeah. 
Hey, this is Steve. And by the grace of God, this morning, I realize it's very similar. Let's say you read a passage and you're looking to to find what you read because it was really impactful. So, And it has the word God in it. So what you do is you skim, maybe using your fingers, but you, you can go really fast looking for the God word. And then you can get, find the passage that you wanted to remember. Similarly, by the grace of God today, this morning, I'm skimming, looking for the God feeling and any kind of forgiveness. I'm not even looking for anything to forgive. I'm just looking for the forgiving God word feeling. So it's kind of like, you know, this choice. And I hear all of you talking about your love of the love. And that's kind of like looking for love in all the right places inside. (laughs) I'm complete. (laughs) All the right places. Thanks, Steve. (laughs) Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Thank you all. Good morning, it's Mindy. Can you guys all hear me okay? Not too loud, not too soft, not too echoey. <laughs> Thanks so much, Donna, for adjusting. That was such a great story. My ears were able to take it all in. Um, I've had some really incredible gifts, um, some that seem like miracles and blessings and some that seem like setbacks. But um, just today I realized that um, I was looking, instead of getting upset with what seems to be a setback, um, and what seemed to be self-sabotage, I said, wow, you know, there's something to learn. And I'm just kind of asked to have, have it be healed and, and to know that I'm learning and it's okay that I, I make stupid mistakes that seem to set me back. And the gift is, is, was the goal that I was going for that I seemed to have the setback in really a worthy goal? Or was it ego? And the other thing, too, is that I just looked and... And I saw um, that I, I sprained my arm really bad and set myself back. And now there's so many things that are challenging to do, but I realized that I can actually ask for help. And I have not been asking for help in things that are perfectly, I mean, that people would be just delighted to help me with and and be delighted to receive a gift back from me and this sprained arm, along with the other challenges, are giving me the opportunity to look. Do I feel lovable? Do I feel worthy? What is it in me that keeps me from wanting to ha- work with my brother? Please, and, and God, thank you so much for healing whatever it is that, that keeps me from being oh, one with my brother and sharing love and asking for help when I need it, without shame, without that fear of being abandoned. Like someone said earlier, I had abandonment when I was younger. 
And um, it says, usually people who are abandoned can have friends and family, but they have a sense of isolation, and they isolate themselves. And I'm noticing I do out of this paranoid voice that I listen to that says, I'm not lovable, I haven't proved myself, I haven't done enough, you know, all this crap. So I've had the gift of money to, to fix my house, to finally declutter my house. I just went outside, and my cats wanted me to stay outside, and I didn't, but I said, there's got to be a gift in it. And some people come tearing around the corner, and I flag them down saying, slow down, slow down. And they turned around to talk to me, and it turns out that they are, looks like they're the perfect people to help me with yard work and to help my brother with uh, missing handyman for his projects. And so I think, and I didn't even know what our lesson was, and I thank my father for his gift to me because I really get to see where I've been overgiving with my cats out of a sense of they're not enough and they're not okay, and God's not taking care of them, and, uh, you know, I'm the caretaker. The ego loves to step in and be, you know, the caretaker, and I'm not acknowledging their connection and oneness with God, and I haven't asked for the help I need, and I have a project to do today that I can no longer do myself, and I was thinking of asking someone to help me, so it looks like I'm going to be making that call. I don't know about you, but I guess... um, We're all a little stubborn at times with certain lessons. And for me, I want to know that I am not damaged good and I'm innocent and I, like everyone else on this planet, have not come into the full realization yet of my complete sonship and co-creative power. And so there are things that I need help with. And for goodness sakes, thank God, or will we ever connect with each other? So anyway, I'm going to bite the bullet and be brave and open my heart and be with whatever fear I might have of asking for help. And I'm just going to, with an open heart, ask for help. And if I hear no, I'll know that that's for my good and that's for my further healing. And I'm going to take it as a yes um, that that. It's time now for me to really join into life fully with my brothers and really give and receive and uh, <laughs> and and roll with the punches, so to speak. You know, there's always a risk of rejection and being hurt, but I think I'm strong enough. I know I'm strong enough. All I have to do is refer to this course. You know, when I meet, my ego gets bruised or my little girl gets hurt, all I need to do is refer to this course. So, guys, I had a huge gift yesterday, (laughs) and I hurt myself receiving a huge gift that I probably shouldn't have been receiving by myself. So I thank my Father for his gift to me. Let me remember that God and I are one. I don't think those are the right words, but let me remember I'm one with God and one with God's love. And I share that with my brothers. And there's nothing that's too much to ask of a brother because... If, it's, if love is there and it's meant to happen, there's nothing too much to ask of a brother. Let's just leave it at that. And my mind holds only the thoughts that I think with God. And I thank God for the wonderful thoughts that are going to bring me to my healing and to make this lesson complete. And I know that this is happening today. And I thank you all for listening. I'm a little scared, but I'm a little excited. And... Uh, And uh, that's it. I'm just going to rest my arm and listen to y'all and make that call. (laughs) I'm complete. Thank you. My mind holds only what I think with God.
Amen. Thank you, Mindy. Hi, Mindy. Uh, hi, this is Seema. So, um, oh my God, I really, really um, could relate to Mindy's shares. Thank you so much for everybody else's shares, but I could really relate to Mindy's shares. I'm also in that, um, you know, situation where I'm just always second-guessing myself, I'm questioning myself, and I'm just, I'm with a person who's always, like, you know, intimidating me, and I'm just, a little bit, I lift myself up, and then, you know, the other uh, significant other brings me down, and I'm just, uh, like, it's really tough. Let's put it that way. It's really, really tough, and I have to keep working on myself, and just whenever I can do these calls, I do, and they just help me so much. And I'm just so grateful for people who are hosting and people who are sharing. And, you know, just one day at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time, one second at a time. That's what it is. Um, yeah, thank you so much. I, I really, really appreciate from the bottom of my heart everything um, these calls offer me. And, um, yeah, thank you so much. Love you all. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that, Seema. Thank you, and thank yeah. you for being here. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you, Seema. Yeah. Thank you, Seema. It's wonderful to have you with us, and we love hearing from you. Mm. It just goes to show when I'm vulnerable, even though it might not feel comfortable, when I am willing to show who I am, doubts and all, it's always helpful when it's done with love. Thank you. Susanna, I read the word time. And in 50, paragraph 50, the present is before time was and will be when time is no more. In it is everything that is eternal, and they are one. And I pulled the word uh, up out of there for for timeless, timelessness. And what I'm learning in my own walk, uh, which in the past and the future seems to be pain, when I when I walk, literally walk in the present, (laughs) in the nowness that I, I observe that there is pain in the places that there is pain. But I also remind myself, I'm in the timeless now. There's nothing uh, that, 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 that uh, illusory uh, evidence can do to me really. And if it's there, it's there solely for me to be patient and wait on the Lord to accomplish whatever divine work it is his, for he has me to do in the present state of what the world might call an affliction. All glory and grace and thanks be to God. Thank you. 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 Thank you
Thank you, Donna. I was quite in love with paragraph 52 also. I meant paragraph 50 also. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, it's Karen again. I just have just a little comment, which is, it seems like every reading, in the beginning of the reading, the section, um, it's it's telling us how to disidentify with the ego and how to um, deconstruct the belief system of the ego. And then the second half of the reading, or definitely towards the end, it's how to identify with your Christ self. <laughs> and I know I'm, I feel like I identify with the reading more on the basis of what I need to do to see this identify from falsehood and deconstruct the ego's thought system. So it feels like that's where my work is. And when we get to the part about being one with the Christ and loving your brothers and healing children of light, shining the light, you know, being the Christ self, um, it just feels a little bit less meaningful. It feels like the first half is where, like, I'm just, I'm just saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is so good. And anyway, um, I do love the Christ self descriptions and all of that. But it's being able to get out of the emotional pain, to get out of that suffering, which I just feel like I've waited so long to find that, and I'm so grateful. I'm complete. Oh, what a great description of process uh, and consequences, cause and effect. Thank you, Karen. Yeah, thank you, Karen. Wow, Karen, that was really beautiful. Thank you so much. And, and good morning, everyone. This is Worry, and that's uh, precisely uh, you point precisely to what I wanted to. Well, I wanted to what came to me today. Um, finding the present is the title of this section. And we talk so often of the really large uh, metaphysical consequences uh, to one's experience when we uh, resign to truth, you know. And, and those consequences or qualitative shifts um, are marvelous places uh, to be. But this is an ever-practical course which is something I'd never hear, thought I'd hear myself say. But um, in point of fact, it is a very practical course, and this section, Finding the Present, describes why it is practical. Every time, I mean every time, my awareness lands on the truth. Every time my awareness lands on the truth, I have an experience. And that experience is a consequence of releasing or forgiving any shadows that my mind would put upon this present moment. 
And this section describes why forgiveness and miracle are hand in glove. I hope you can't hear that noise outside my window. Um, but every single time I release the past to find the presence, present, <laughs> well, the present is the capital presence, isn't it? When I'm in the current moment, where everything is available to my mind of truth, it turns out that I have released my shadows that I've placed upon this moment, and I experience the miracle of forgiveness or atonement again. Early on <clears throat> in section uh, three of healing and wholeness, and this is what happens. In the section, it's called the mind of atonement. Uh, he lists four things, five things that result in a qualitative shift in experience. I mean, a totally different experience that he calls the real world. The world that my happy dreams will show me. That world is a consequence of quantitative shifts. In other words, as I go along in life and experience more of the consequences of forgiveness in a miracle, I accumulate or am able to generalize some really important elements of truth. And in the generalization of those elements of truth, finally he said, this is, I'm going to give you the exact quote, one second. Universality of the Holy Spirit is without a doubt. He says that universality of the Holy Spirit is without a doubt. No one who ever received it for an instant can believe that sharing it involves anything but gain. Right? Perception, all of perception is based on lack. But when I find the presence in the present, what happens to lack? It's gone. It's gone. If it's gone for me, it's gone for anyone with whom I share that moment. Because it's universal. And in the presence of the present, attack is impossible, he says. The mind becomes truly open. And this means that although it doesn't engender knowledge, it doesn't obstruct it in any way. And Donna, you described that so beautifully not obstructing knowledge not obstructing knowledge and in that moment it's an unequivocal call to love unequivocal call to love this is the call that's that I've answered and that is answering me unequivocal call to love every other voice is still the ego it, it isn't in my awareness at all and that gives me a quantitative shift in my awareness. I mean, I'm having an entirely different experience of truth in that moment. And as I go through life having experiences like that, it produces qualitative differences. And this requires real understanding because it's the point at which shift occurs. This shift is away from the healing of my mind. My mind is now repaired. I've accepted atonement for myself. I'm healed and I can heal. Okay? 
now my mind is free of its own integration which I've worked for so long and hard the union of my mind and my spirit with truth and I am liberated from my own integration to the paths of creation this is the mind of the atonement quantitative shifts lead to qualitative differences I'm liberated from my mind's own healing to creation he said in this world your function is healing in this world your function is healing as in heaven your function is creating that is expressing the love of God wherever you are this section describes how I make those quantitative shifts that lead me to Christ consciousness or a very qualitative difference in my experience when I'm liberated to creation this is the how-to finding the present is always a miracle because in the present I experience the capital presence of truth with capital as self the mind we all share you see and so every time I release my mind from the past I'm releasing my brother from the past if my past isn't there for me to see neither is my brother's what I'm really doing is releasing the darkness that is in my own mind as he says in paragraph 47 forgiveness leads to miracle leads to qualitative difference this is a practical course and when I can find the present I will find the truth always because God gives everything all at once you see um, he gives himself and I'm once again aware of the of the truth of atonement I'm in right relationship with God I'm in right relationship with all the souls he created I'm in right relationship with the sonship and it all happens right now the atonement is a fifth dimensional experience in that sense oneness with God oneness with the sonship and it's all happening right now regardless of space it can happen in any time it can happen the same quantitative shift can happen with my memories of uh, childhood it can happen with uh, any relationship I've ever had when I complete that release it is released and that awareness benefits the entire sonship because why because love is eternal and changelessness is eternal and the eternal is the present moment now it's very practical because forgiveness always leads to the experience of unity it keeps my salvation alive in my present awareness so all those years I prayed father restore unto me the joy of my salvation he was saying Lori get out and live your truth and you will be happy I'm complete Oh, love that. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. 
Thank you, Laurie. That was beautiful. It was beautiful. Thank you, Laurie. Yeah, thank you, Lori. This is Lemoyne, and, uh, you know, over the weekend, I had this thought, you know, this thing of, uh, the, the thought about the line somewhere, probably recently, where, and it, it's pointed out again in today's reading, about how we're always answered, that if that God always answers, right? It's like there's two guides. The ego always answers first and loudly, but God always answers. And I thought about, um, you know, things that where I've asked for guidance and, uh, you know, or mostly just about how to proceed. What, what do I do, you know? Um, it's usually in the context of some plan or maybe just a vague idea of how I would like to see things just be in that present happiness, peace, and joy. But still, I mean, the answer doesn't really occur as like something that could be called an answer. And uh, because it's it's wordless, and that's what I really appreciated in '52. I think it's '52. Nope, it's '53. You know, after all this discussion of time, which I I really love. I love the whole thing of breaking off the past, and letting it go letting that burden of the past go and freeing the future of it and so that all that there really is is the present. Um, and, you know, the future appears then as something that's always new because it's always filled with creation. Anyway, the, in 53 it sort of confirmed this thing that sometimes the answer is the silence, right? So it says, for it can never be that his son called upon him and remained unanswered. <clears throat> his call to you is but your call to him. And in him, you are answered by his peace. And, uh, yeah, I just saw that that sometimes that that really is the answer. It is it is the example of 
of just and the the instruction, you know, be still and know that you know my desire to plan or somehow defend <laughs> against you know what I think might might be coming or is inevitable in separation is answered truly by just peace and silence the and that that is the uh, that is the clear instruction in itself to just be still and practice you know the the true guidance present trust in him and uh you know continuing to let go of this need to um, reach into the future and make it work without <laughs> without actually doing what can be really be done in the only time it can be done, which is now, which is so back again to the stillness. Rest from senseless planning <laughs> and just share in peace is not all of creation, but I believe it to be the foundation anyway. I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was beautiful, the morning. Thank you so much. Yes, Lord Moine, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you for the beautiful share. Very grateful. And uh, I'm also grateful because you pointed me to a perfect quote with which to end this recording. It's a quote that always takes me out of time and brings me into the current moment where I can receive everything. And that's the blessing of this section to me and the blessing of your share right now. It's in the section called Time and Eternity. Your patience with each other is your patience with yourselves. Is not a child of God worth patience? I have shown you infinite patience because my will is that of our Father from whom I learned of infinite patience. His voice was in me as it is in you, speaking for patience toward the Sonship in the name of its Creator. What you need to learn now is that only infinite patience can produce immediate effects. This is the way in which time is exchanged for eternity because infinite patience calls upon infinite love and by producing results now it renders time unnecessary. That's a beautiful quote to meditate on and it's in chapter 5, paragraph 81, Time and Eternity. Thank you all for... um, 
exchanging and giving a bit of your time this morning uh, that we could reflect on the one mind. Um, so grateful. Thank you, everyone. And while we end this recording, we don't end the call because I'm sure there's more to say. Uh, so please.